0: well hello my friends it is bill allen coming to you live if you're watching at 3 p.m central daylight time uh, from tyler texas downtown at the west Irwin church of christ it's great to be with you again we've taken a few weeks off from our facebook bible studies and i am itching to get this started back up again and so we are starting right now today it's tuesday june the 1st 2021 and I'm hoping that uh, you have had a great several weeks over the past month or two since we've been together on these Facebook studies, and I'm excited to be able to share with you today that we are getting these kicked back in. I'll be doing a Tuesday-Thursday Bible study on Facebook uh, live on my page at uh, 3 p.m. Central Time on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then It will show after that, it will go to our West Irwin Church of Christ and West Irwin Live Facebook pages, and we'll also post on our uh, live streaming page on our website, which is uh, westirwin.com. Irwin is spelled E-R-W-I-N. It's the street we are on. We've been in the downtown area since 1885. And no, I haven't been the preacher that long, but we're here and I'm uh, excited to tell you that we're beginning this study today. We'll also have a Facebook Live study on Sunday afternoons at that'll be at 4 p.m. Central Time. uh, And that will uh, be covering the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So I'm excited about that study. That kicks off this coming Sunday. But today we're going to get started with the great passage from Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 20 that speaks about the armor of God. Uh, Spiritual armor for a spiritual battle or spiritual armor for a spiritual victory. All of those are very appropriate uh, topics for this study. Uh, But we're going to go with the plain old, the armor of God, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And we kick it off this week on Tuesday and Thursday with a little bit of introductory stuff and a look at the passage and a look at this spiritual battle that we fight, Uh, and today's lesson and Thursday's lesson, part two, will be called The Battle Belongs to the Lord. There's a great song uh, that we sing every once in a while about that. It's even in our hymn books, and it's a relatively newer song, relatively newer song, But it is uh, old enough to be in our books, and it is a great song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. Nice to see some familiar names popping up over there on my uh, page. I'll acknowledge a few, Larry and Lynn Murphy, wonderful um, uh, church family here at West Irwin. I have a a couple of grandsons that will be participating in our uh, singing night, Wednesday night at 630 it begins our summer series here at West Irwin. Great to see you up there. Pat Slade, wonderful friend that follows us on these uh, Facebook online lessons. My dear friend and Sister Grace Hepler coming uh, at us from North Carolina, a beautiful, beautiful state. Great to see you again, Sister. Uh, Eric and Cindy Mosley, our dear, dear, dear friends. Great to see your names there. Uh, Dale Blackstone showing up as well and my cousin Gail and Keith uh, from Southeast Texas, uh, back in the in the uh, Golden Triangle area. Uh, great memories with Keith and Tracy, and my Uncle Tommy and Aunt Jean back in the Buna days when we were all growing up. And uh, now so many of our families still live out in that Beaumont, uh, Orange, Port Arthur area. It's a great, lots of great, great history and, and connection to the Allen Addison families there. So. Great to see you all. I hope that you enjoy these studies. Uh, As always, you can scroll down on my Facebook page and catch one that you might have missed because they'll be there and you can catch up that way. You can also, again, go to our website, westirwin.com. Click on the link up there that says Social Media and Resources and just scroll over that and then click on the live streaming page and then scroll down until you see the the video archives and click on that and you can have all kinds of access to previous sermons, previous worship services and these lessons as well. Uh, so all of that to say, we're gonna have a great study. This, uh, this passage in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 is just so powerful and I know that you're very uh, familiar with it. And, um, and as I said, this lesson today is entitled, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. And you know that song, right? In heavenly armor will enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. Great, great song. That's all I'll sing today. So sorry if you're looking for more than that, but it is a great song and it is a great thought too. And it is so very true. The battle does belong to the Lord. And that's why I think we can have a great deal of assurance, even in difficult times. And we've had some the last couple of years, haven't we? It's been a, it's been a rough few years uh, leading up to the election. We thought that was gonna be the big deal. And then uh, the COVID-19 pandemic came along and that's been a big deal. Uh, our church here in, our, in uh, Tyler was shut down for five weeks. We didn't meet live at all for five weeks. But we did have a small group of ministers and elders and staff and, and uh, IV, uh, AV people that came up. Uh, we needed an IV, but that's a whole nother thing. But we had IT people that came up and recorded us on Wednesdays during those five weeks uh, the last year in 2020 that went from around the, towards the end of March to Mother's Day, May 10th. And that's when we first met back again. And we've been recovering. God has blessed us. Uh, yes, it's been rough and tough, but uh, we're still here uh, And uh, the great Elton John song, I'm Still Standing I almost sang it, but I'm not going Because I already said I wasn't uh, But that's, you know, the church Jesus promised in Matthew sixteen eighteen, Um, Upon this rock of his being the Son of God Jesus said, I will build my church And the gates of hell will not prevail against it And so, if the gates of hell can't prevail against the church, some little old pandemic—okay, it's not little old pandemic; it's a huge uh, thing—but that pandemic can't touch the church either. And we're still going; we're still standing. God is still blessing us. Uh, We had two families that placed membership with us this past Sunday. We're not back up attendance-wise, live anyway, to where we were before the pandemic hit. But we're getting there, and God is truly blessing us. And we have. A great connection we see more and more smiling faces each week and it is such a blessing i saw two families this past sunday that i hadn't seen in person uh, for over a year and it was such a great blessing in fact one of them was our dear friends eric and stacy Mosley that were here and also my dear dear friends bud and charlotte collier that were back for the first time as well a younger couple an older couple we're getting all of those and it's uh, such a great great blessing Uh, But enough about all of that, let's get into Ephesians uh, chapter 6, starting at verse 10, and we're going to read through verse 20, and then we'll pick up some other introductory stuff and look ahead to uh, our next lesson as well. Ephesians 6, beginning at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, Paul writes, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And I echo that prayer as well, that you would pray for Bill, that he would be able to do the exact same thing. Here in 2021, uh, as Paul did, in the first century and he was able to do that through the power of people's prayers and the power of God uh, that worked in his life uh, uh, and he relied on those prayers and he relied on that encouragement and I do the same this passage you've probably read it many times you've probably heard sermons and classes you've probably taught some and preached some who knows Uh, But I can tell you it's going to be a great, great study. And it reminds us of some other hymns that we have in our songbook. Soldiers of Christ Arise is a great, great old hymn that goes through this list and actually uses much of what Paul writes about here in Ephesians chapter 6. Take... Um, the, but take to arm you the panoply of God. That word panoply, not one that we use typically but it's a transliteration of a word that Paul uses here and that is the armor, the armor of God. Paul speaks about that and we remember these words from Second Chronicles 20, verse 15. A prophet goes to comfort the king of Judah, King Jehoshaphat, who was being threatened Uh, by armies from Syria. And this is what the prophet said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Again, that passage is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. The battle is not yours, it's God's. And I think that's how we have to see our battles today as well. Yes, there are things that we can do. Yes, I know that James 2 says faith without works is dead. So just because we trust in the Lord doesn't mean we don't do anything to help our situation. It just means that we don't rely on what we do. We rely on the Lord. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. And that's so important, especially important when we realize that the battle is, is tough, and that we're in a difficult time. And as I said, we have been, and that's no secret, that's no great revelation, you know we've been as well. And so we take this spiritual armor with us as we go into battle for the Lord, as we join those other soldiers of Christ, and arise, and put our armor on, and rely on the armor of God, and rely on the presence of the Holy Spirit working through us and in us and taking comfort in the great Word of God that is actually the first piece of armor that he lists, that belt of truth. And then we go on and he talks about uh, the sword of the Spirit, specifically the Word of God and we keep going and we recognize that that great call at the end of this passage of Paul seeking the church to pray for him. uh, The church is a great blessing and a part of that armor, uh, the part of that uh, blessing that we have that gets us through that time and allows us to be able to be uh, victors and to be able to overcome. Our battle is a spiritual battle and that battle belongs to the Lord and our Lord has given us heavenly spiritual armor to engage the enemy in that battle. And so as we recognize uh, today kind of beginning this study, we think about the book of Ephesians and we think about the church at Ephesus. If we were in a live in-person Bible class, I would ask you, what do you know about the church of Ephesus? Where does the church at Ephesus pop up in scripture? Uh, You would be able to give me several examples, actually. Not just the book of Ephesians, but several others as well. Uh, We read about the church at Ephesus beginning in Paul's mission journey, his second mission journey towards the end of it, in Acts chapter 18, uh, beginning at verse 19. And as he has left Corinth and goes on uh, to Ephesus, as he's there, he tells them, look, I'm not going to take too much time here because I need to get home. He's going to go back uh, and, uh, and be in Antioch of Syria with what we might call his home sponsoring congregation. And he goes back there and then goes out again right away. And uh, it's on that third mission journey that starts there in the middle of Acts chapter 18 where Paul really uh, goes to Ephesus and spends a lot of time there. Uh, one of the things that we read about in Ephesus in Acts eight eighteen 18 on the second mission journey Is that he's introduced to a couple of people A couple actually, a married couple uh, Who share his trade They were uh, tent makers And uh, as you know their names are Priscilla and Aquila And Priscilla and Aquila become very important partners uh, for Paul uh, He writes, as he writes the, uh, the letter to the church at Rome from his time in Corinth where he meets up with Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, Apparently they are able to go back to Rome uh, sometime in there and he's able to speak to the church at Rome about uh, Priscilla uh, and Aquila. And they have had to flee because of persecution from the Roman emperor. But now Paul is able to meet them, he's able to consider them as co-workers uh, in the gospel, and we read about them, and as he is in uh, Corinth, we see them there, and then he goes on to Ephesus, but he leaves them in Corinth. He goes on to Ephesus and then to Antioch of Syria and reports back, but he leaves Priscilla and Aquila there uh, in Corinth, and as he does, uh, they, they're able to uh, continue the work Uh, actually he leaves them in Ephesus. They're able to continue the work there and then a man by the name of Apollos. You remember that name too, right? A great preacher. Some would say apparently a better speaker than even Paul was. But he goes and he finds Aquila and Priscilla and they sit him down and invite him over for dinner I think. And uh, and they speak to him about the holes in his preaching. And in Through no fault of his, he just didn't know the whole story. And so they speak to him about the gospel of Jesus Christ because all he knew about was the the teaching and preaching of John the Baptist about the one who was to come. And now here's Jesus and we're gonna find some individuals as Paul goes into Ephesus who had the same issue. But um, in Acts 19, but here they, take, they talk to him and, and Apollos is then sent back to, to uh, Corinth and he becomes a very influential person there. In fact, as you remember, there was some div- division problems in the church at Corinth, not some, a lot. And, um, and we realize that Apollos was one of those. You had Apollos, you had Paul, you had Peter, you had some who were even being divisive over the name of Christ. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, is something that continues even today. Uh, but Paul talks to them and says look you were only baptized in the name of Christ uh, Only Christ was crucified for you There's no other name that you should take And, and so he deals with that problem directly um, But as we get back to Ephesus in Acts 18 and 19 and chapter 19 as you know it's a very exciting chapter uh, Paul is nearly killed uh, in Ephesus. He's there for a long time. And then as he's there, uh, he uh, is introduced to some individuals who make their living by making those little icons and idols uh, for the, the goddess uh, Diana. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. They call out when they gather together in, in a riot mob uh, in the arena in Ephesus. Uh, the Greek god Artemis, Uh, Greek goddess Artemis equivalent to this Roman goddess of uh, Diana and uh, they don't like Paul telling people look you you don't worship things made by men's hands you don't worship little idols made even if they're very valuable and and very beautiful Uh, that's not God that's something that uh, that man has made and so you you're worshiping the creature rather than the creator And as you remember, he has a great speech um, as he talks to the church, or to the people of Athens about that very thing. Uh, And so here we see him uh, sharing with those in Ephesus about that in Acts chapter 19. And then in chapter 20 is another place where we run into the church at Ephesus. Paul is on a little island uh, off the western coast of modern day Turkey in Miletus. And he calls for the elders from the church at Ephesus. He doesn't want to spend more time there than he already has. And so he calls for the elders of the church there to meet him, and they do. And he has that very emotional and passionate speech in Acts chapter 20, uh, starting in verse uh, uh, 13 or so. And then as, as you may very well know, when Paul writes the letters of 1st and 2nd Timothy to his young protege Timothy, uh, Timothy is, is in Ephesus, as best we can tell. And Paul writes to Timothy about concerns for the church there. Uh, And then finally, one last look at the church at Ephesus. And you remember in Revelation two and three, Jesus writes letters to the churches, the seven churches of Asia. And Ephesus is one of those. Ephesus is the first one that is listed and addressed. And remember the words of the old familiar translations, Jesus uh, chastises them because he says, uh, you have left your first love you have left the love you had at first and this is a uh, 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 The last look that we have at the church at Ephesus at the people uh, that Paul writes to in the book of Ephesians and of course this great letter is amazing and uh, as we look through the beginning of this book uh, in, Eph- in Ephesians chapter 1 It begins with a bang, and much of the New Testament scriptures do. Um, In Ephesians 1, verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Wow, what a great statement. Uh, And it gives us a preview of what Paul is talking about in Ephesians. He's talking about a spiritual battle. But he begins by saying, we are a blessed people. We are a chosen people. We are saved people. And he says, God has blessed us in Jesus Christ with every spiritual blessing uh, in the heavenly realms. Paul recognized that it wasn't just about what was going on in my life, on this earth, at this moment, at this time. Those are important to God, but God is uh, concerned about all of human history. He is concerned about everyone that he has, everyone that he will create in his own image. And so what he wants is for that spiritual battle to be won by everyone. And in a sense, it's already been won on the cross by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we think of this passage, we continue on in Ephesians chapter 2, and we read these words that speak of the great victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 is divided up into two parts at these first 10 verses. And verses one through three are the first part. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Ooh, scary. And the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We were following this prince of the power of the air, this leader of the, of the kingdom of the air, this leader of worldly things. we're gonna talk more about that on Thursday. Uh, and, and that's not just describing the world around us, that describes where we were. But the important thing is that that's where we were. And so verse four of Ephesians two continues with this very well known, beautiful, amazing passage. Ephesians two verse four, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Yes, we were dead in our sins, but God made us alive in Christ. And he did that by grace in Christ Jesus, where we receive all the spiritual blessings uh, through our response of faith. We've spoken about that response of faith before in these studies and we remind ourselves just briefly now that uh, either universalism is true and God saves everybody because Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood or there is some kind of response that people make. There is something that you do. It doesn't cause you to earn salvation. You don't deserve it. Paul makes very clear in this passage that even that response of faith is a gift from God so that we don't boast, not even in in that. But that does call us to remember all of those passages of Acts that we looked at when we were studying through the book of Acts, where people would ask, what do I do when they hear the gospel of Christ, when they're convicted of their own sins, and they realize that Jesus died on the cross, their question is, well then, how do I receive that saving blood in my life? And the answer comes back, to believe in Christ Jesus, to repent of your sins, to confess that faith that you have so that those around you will know and to be baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what Acts 2.38 says. Um, That's what we read time and time again throughout the book of Acts. Uh, Whether it's Lydia, whether it's Cornelius in his household, the Philippian jailer in his household, the Ethiopian treasurer in Acts 8, Saul of Tarsus who would become Paul the Apostle in Acts 9 told in Acts 22 verse 16, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And hearing that after he had been praying and fasting for three days because he had seen the Lord on the road to Damascus. And yet there was still a response that he had to make to have those sins washed away. That's just what the scriptures say and it's no different for us today. 20 centuries later, it's the same. It's the same response of faith because it's the same blood of Christ that saves us from our sin. It's the same blood of Christ that enables us to win the battle, this spiritual battle that belongs to the Lord. But we don't stop there because from there we read verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. Now that we've acknowledged that we were dead in our sins and then God made us alive by grace, through faith and we receive forgiveness of those sins, what now? Well, that's Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Those good works don't save us. Doing those good works, not doing the bad things, uh, doesn't cause us to deserve salvation, to deserve the blood that was shed for us by the righteous and sinless uh, Son of God. It just is the right response to a life that was dead in sin and is now made alive in Christ by grace. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do things, good things, to glorify God, because we do them joyfully, we do them cheerfully, we do them out of gratitude. We don't do them begrudgingly, we don't wish that, oh boy, I wish I was freer to live life the way I want. Then I would really be happy Uh, When we tried it that way, we were dead in our sins and we were deserving of wrath. But because Jesus came and lived and died, now we win this spiritual battle. How is that possible? Because the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm looking forward to going through this study together with you. And when we get together on Thursday afternoon, we're going to look into Ephesians chapter 3 where Paul makes very, very clear that our battle is a spiritual battle. And then we're gonna read once again those verses in Ephesians chapter six that speak about the panoply of God, that speak about the armor of God. But even more specifically on Thursday, we're gonna talk about what kind of battle that is. It is a spiritual battle. And that battle is waged by the church. It's waged by the people of God. Uh, by those of us who have named that name of Christ, those of us who are using that shield of faith that we're going to read about in weeks to come. uh, We use that shield of faith against the fiery darts of the evil one, that prince of the power of the air, the one who is the adversary, the Satan. Uh, I'm excited about this study, and I hope you are. I hope, as Paul requests, I request that you continue to pray for me. And I appreciate so much you joining me on this journey As we look at this great Passage in Ephesians 6 Verses 10 through 20 uh, The armor of God May God bless you through this week